Hi, I'm Destiny. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Unmuted with with Destiny Destiny and Sam. A podcast where faith, culture, and friendship intertwine. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to... Our podcast unmuted. <laughs> yes, and I did something in arrow already that is not in line. <laughs> but welcome back, everyone. We are so happy that you're joining us again, and we're excited and we are grateful, so 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 grateful for all all the love and support that you guys have given us um thus far. We have gotten feedbacks too, and we appreciate them. So keep the feeds feedback coming in. Um, and yes, we are happy that you're here. So to start this week, um, podcast or today's podcast or whichever time you're in, um. We wanted to talk about three things that we're grateful for. It could be over a week time, a month time, just for today. But let's just pause to reflect on three things that you're grateful for. Destiny, what are you grateful for? Three things. You just put me on the spot like that. No. Yeah. Three things. Hey, if you want to grab a... If you want to grab your pen and book, you can do that too. Just write three things. If you want to use your notepad on your phone, you can do that as well. But, or if you just want to say to somebody who's there with you, but some way to make it known or, you know, audible or written, just share it with us. Yeah. Send us an email or... A DM (laughs) or at us somewhere. Three things that you're grateful for. So mine are, hmm, I'm grateful for the Bible study that we had today because I didn't have the best morning and that's a whole nother story. That would take up a little bit of time so I won't bore y'all with the details but I'm grateful for the bible study because it put me back in a better mindset um I'm grateful to still have a job to still have work and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be able to come and talk to you. So Sam, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for the rain we had this week. Um, I remember waking up to the sound of the rain and I was like, yeah, this sounds good. And I pulled back my covers and I slept some more. For me, uh, rain is just soothing to me. Maybe um, many can relate, but... I like when it rains and I'm at home in bed. So I was grateful for that time of rain. And we all know Florida is like 
really hot and can get dry, like really dry. dry. <laughs> Florida is anything but dry. When I it's say too humid. <laughs> when I say dry, like it's just so hot, like I don't know. <laughs> but to me, it's dry. Well, she says humid. It is. It's so oppressively hot outside, and that oppressive part is the humidity. Okay. I don't know, at least to me. Yeah. Working in it every day. Yeah, which I'm hardly <laughs> outside like that. So <laughs> and two I am grateful. <laughs> you all I made honor roll. <laughs> like I was mm-hmm. surprised when um I saw that email. I'm like, hmm, honor roll. I've never made roll. Much less honor roll in my life. So I was grateful to see that email. I even emailed the person and said, are you sure? What do you mean, are, are you they sure? sure? They were you like, got like A's in all your classes. <laughs> they were Stop like, that. yes, we're sure. And I'm like, okay, thank you. So I'm grateful for that. Because um, the transition of school and work, it was a, it's, it has been, you know, a whole lot for me. So I'm grateful to see that. To me, that's some form of encouragement. And three, I am grateful for opportunities. Opportunities um, at work to just experience more. Um, grateful to see that when you really write um, your vision or your goals or, you know, something on paper or wherever you may write it, you just see coming to um, fruition. It may not come at the time when you have written it, but for me, it's coming in. Um, I wouldn't say slowly, but surely, but it's coming in and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn more and do more. Yeah. Experiences. Yeah. So that's what I'm grateful for. So what are we talking about today, Sam? Jum roll. So today we're just continuing transition. Yes, this um, is part two. So this is part two of transition and we're going to talk about destiny's transition because in the first part you hear me ramble and went on and went on about me. It's her time. It's her time to tell us um, more about her transition and, yeah, just tell us about her transition, what um, what transition looked like for her in her life, how she navigated um, those transitions and, you know, how she stayed encouraged um, during those moments of transitioning, you know, and, yeah, and really tell us those experiences. So take it away, Destiny. Talk to us. Well, I mean, unlike Sam, I don't really have one big transition in my life. Um, I think there's multiple, and maybe they're on a smaller scale than hers are. No, mine not big and mine not. You moved to a whole different country. What you mean is not big. But when I say not big, like, for all of us, um, it's big in whatever way we see it or, you know. Well, I, I guess maybe it, my transitions aren't as drastic as yours. 
drastic. Yeah, that's a little drastic. You move from a whole different country. That's not drastic to you? That's not big? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, if that's the if that's so we're going to look at it then, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I've had a bunch of small transitions. Um, like, you know, going to college and living away from home for a while. <clears throat> and then I transferred colleges. So I could graduate early. And that was a transition. But I guess what she really wants me to talk about is going to ministry school. Yes, guys. Like, <laughs> tell them what you're degreeing and what do you mean? Like, what you went to college and university for as opposed to ministry school and when, when you decided to just take your whole body up. <laughs> And your whole self up to go and do ministry um, studies? Well, um, my degree that I paid for <laughs> but don't use is in creative, well, okay, it's in English with a concentration in creative writing. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> I didn't have a minor or anything. Um, so there's that. I have a writing degree, but I, I did not write and I still don't write professionally. Um, after I graduated from college, my first job was working after school, uh, in a after school program for elementary school. So I did that for a couple months. And then I got another job as a substitute teacher. And I did that from like October of 2014 until summertime in 2015 when school got out. And at this point, maybe like June, July, I had started heavily heavily considering and researching different ministry training programs to go into. And I had, I think I had done so like maybe a year before, but I really decided, especially since, you know, it was summertime and I was out of a job and I couldn't find any, any more that it was time, I guess. So I did a bunch, bunch of research and I did this fundraiser to raise money for me to be able to go, but I still didn't get enough. And I talked to the, the director of the program and I told him, you know, I'll just wait till next year, then save some money. But he was like, Nah, that's not going to work. And he told me to still come, even though I didn't have all of the money. And this was in August of 2015. And the program was in Boston. Well, in Lancaster, Massachusetts, which is like an hour away from Boston. So that was an interesting 
transition to going from Florida. Why you decided to um, go to ministry school? Um, I just felt like it was the thing that I had to do. I had been, I had been going over the idea in my head for a year or two already, but I just never. What acted on it? Yeah, I never acted on it. I guess then, because I was, you know, in regular school at that time too, um, and I felt like it was a thing to do. I like it was the next thing that I had to do in life after a lot of prayer and mm-hmm. consideration and consulting uh, scriptures and Bible studies and yeah, I felt like. The Lord was leading me to take that step. Okay. So I did that, <laughs> and it was pretty intense. It was four months, and yeah, it was four months, and I learned a lot, and a lot, a lot was packed into that. Um, a lot of doctrine. Of course, like practical stuff, like how to give Bible studies and preaching, how to, you know, do your sermons and how to organize people in order for them to successfully do outreach and evangelism in their communities, um, training churches as a whole. So it was over. It was over in... December of that year is a four-month program. It was a semester. And at towards the end of it, this really heavy depression set in. And I don't know why or if it was like a combination of kind of being tired or burned out because basically from the time that we got there <laughs> up until the last few weeks last the last few weeks of the program were just go 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 and <laughs> a lot of information and a lot of practice and being out um entire days and yeah <clears throat> but this very deep depression set in and then i kind of went home in that mindset um although home did make it a little better so after i after i went home graduated from the program i came back home for about 6 months from january to june of 2016 now and in June, I started an actual job in ministry as a Bible worker, which um, the job description is pretty much an evangelist by most denominational standards. So just, I mean, doing what I was trained to do, training churches, giving Bible studies, preaching, um, Yeah, <laughs> just giving presentations and everything as well. Um, so I did that, and that was that was a good time. 
actually. That was a good job. <laughs> but I guess I kind of fast-forwarded because during those six months that I was home, I worked as a home health aide. So, like, um, helping people cook and giving them baths and helping with all kind of other personal care and, yeah, driving them places and <laughs> cleaning up poop. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was that. So there, those are transitions as well, going from the school to that job. And then I and went then back to Boston to, to the job that I got in June of 2016. And so that was coming to a close at the end of 2016. Now, during the time that I was in Boston, I had met the pastor of a church that I had also applied to a job for. And that was to be like the youth leader there. <clears throat> I mean, for all functionality purposes, I was the youth pastor, but they weren't paying me like a youth pastor. So my title was. Um, youth task force mm -hmm. um but anyway i met the pastor of that church while i was in boston uh i had applied to the church and i i approached him because i knew that no one else had this man's last name he was brazilian it was very distinct and i just knew so i went up to him after a service that he had preached at it was actually at a youth service that he preached at and I told him and he was like wow no one ever even gave me your resume and so it was just funny because he wasn't necessarily supposed to be at that place because he had just merged two ch two churches in Oregon and so you know that's kind of a, a tricky thing that you have to that you have to navigate with delicacy and attentiveness and he was off preaching doing a favor for one of his friends in Boston so um I wasn't really supposed to be there either at that youth service um I was supposed to be with the adults during that time but people that I had met while I was at ministry school they asked me to come and sing for the youth service so here we are, both of us not supposed to be there. <laughs> we met. And the rest is history. And I flew out to Oregon in November. November of that year? Yeah. In November. And I did like a test run, I guess. And everybody kind of met me. And I preached a sermon. You can probably still find it on their website. <laughs> but... It, everything went well, and they offered me the job, and I took the job. <laughs> and so after, I, after everything was wrapped up in Boston, I flew, well, I drove back home to Florida in December of 2016 again. And I was here for a couple weeks. 
maybe like three or four weeks. And then I went off to Oregon uh, in January, I think January 17th of 2017. You know the exact date. Yeah, because <laughs> I, work, I worked exactly a year. Okay. So in Oregon, I worked exactly a year. So there's that. And living is so much different in Oregon than it is in Florida. Uh, How so? It's just different. Well, first we have this West Coast and East Coast thing. And as far as church culture goes, they're very different. I, it needs the whole podcast to discuss, <laughs> discuss the differences. Um, but just, just in general, I think the overall like feel or maybe the attitude of people over there, especially when it comes sometimes to getting work done, it's kind of, I don't want to say like lazy, but it's kind of like lax. I think we have we have a tendency over here to be kind of like, let's get it done as efficiently and as quickly as possible. And then we can rest after it's all done. But I feel like they take more breaks during work. Like there's not as much of a sense of urgency as there is, at least for people in the South that I've experienced. We like to get our work done and then be able to do whatever we want to do and not think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but even though it's a coastal place, you know, there's beaches, even though they're there, like year round, you have to have a wetsuit to get in the water because it's so cold mm -hmm. all the time. So there's, that's different <laughs> from Florida, where even in January or December, the water's pretty warm, especially compared to that. Um, but over there in Oregon, I was living with uh, church people. I say my first four months, I was with this older, older church couple. Um, they're both elders in the church, um, and elders are basically just like assistants to the pastor, nothing fancy really in that title. Um, so that I was living with them and then in April, I remember my grandmother died. And so I flew back home for like a week. I think. And then I went back. And when I got back, the lady, the old lady in the house, felt it her duty to tell me that um, she didn't think I was a good butte doing good at the job of being the youth pastor and um, that my personality isn't right for the job. Because if you, well, most of y'all don't really know me like that. But I'm very introverted and kind of stay to myself and observe what's going on first. But she just thought it, it was a good idea to bring me into her presence and tell me what a bad job I was doing, basically. And that uh, I couldn't live there anymore. 
Um, so yeah, she got kicked out. You all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this lady accusing me of doing all kind of things that weren't true. But anyway, that's beside the point, and I won't go too far into that well. <clears throat> so I think she gave me to like, this was the end of April. So I do think she might have gave me a whole month. It might have been a whole month. So um, during this time, she'd also sent an email to the pastor as well. And so I'm at the church every day, basically. And I had a second job at this time that was very accommodating of my schedule at the church. And so I went there and I talked to him and I, and he told me like that he got the email. He was like, eh, I don't listen to that. <laughs> so, so at least uh, he was supportive in that way. And, you know, it's funny because I stayed with them when I went to visit in November before I accepted the job and they were nice and everything, but there was kind of something to me that didn't sit well. Right. Um, but because I think because everybody like they were recommended. Yeah. They yeah. were the, the hosts mm -hmm. like of the church. I think because they have this pretty big house on a farm. Um, with like this kind of loft type area in the attic part of their mm -hmm. house, which is a really nice space and room and everything. And so they were always host if they had like visiting ministers or right. whatever to the church. And he was like, yeah, I got bad. I, I get bad vibes too now. And I like when I told him that the pastor and I don't know, I don't know what was going on with them or because like it was a constant thing too of her. That wasn't like the only time that she felt the need to tell me that I was doing a bad job. Um, and this is like after I wasn't living with her <laughs> anymore right. too. But anyway, um, they did not have allowance for me for like housing. So I basically had to, well, I, we, whoever had to find somewhere else for me to stay. That was like with church people. Mm -hmm. So um, it went out, the announcement, you know, of course it was announced in church and then um, announced in emails and bulletins and newsletters and all that. But I didn't get anywhere else to stay until like September. So where did you stay? That was from May. I was just, um, I guess, couch surfing. <laughs> I stayed with, so for two weeks, I stayed, or 10 days, whatever, it was something like two weeks. I stayed at this one people's house because they were going away on vacation. So I was basically, basically house sitting and feeding their animals and stuff. So that was convenient for them. Um, and then I 
stayed in the pastor's house for like two weeks because he went away. He was still getting his master's degree at the time. And his his seminary um, had sponsored a trip to Israel. So he went to Israel for two weeks and I stayed in his house while he was gone. And then I went to stay with this other girl. She lived, she lived, because her roommate had gotten married or was getting married. So, you know, she moved out. Right. So I went to stay with her for a while. And then she was also in the process of like downsizing her living space because, you know, (laughs) there's nobody paying half of the rent anymore. So I stayed with her even maybe like two weeks after she moved into the new place. And then. I don't know. There's just all kind of drama going on with that. Mm-hmm. And then finally they announced it in church one week. And then this lady who's um, who had a small child, she came up to me afterwards and was just like asking me what was going on because she and like asking me more about it and how long I need to stay and everything. And um, so... I went to stay with them, her and her family in this nice little place. But I only, I was only there for like a couple days or maybe like two weeks. And then I went to stay with this other older person for like a week or two again, because the, the fam, the last family their mom was coming to visit so she needed the extra room <laughs> so then i she went was homeless <laughs> <laughs> I, hush, I went back so then after she left i went back to stay with them right. until january until my time was up so this was the span of what like five months mm-hmm. of housekeeping <laughs> Oh no, not housekeeping. She was house sitting. <laughs> I don't. I was couch surfing because <laughs> some of it wasn't. But I, I don't know. I stayed with the one girl whose mo- roommate moved out for quite a bit, but you know, still not permanent. Right. So those were all of my transitions. I mean, not all of them, but though the this time period, I think, was the most significant and then of course i came back home stick a pin would you say during those periods um in comparison to where you are would you say those times were the hardest for you um at the time they were hard you could have gone back home at any time when you realized that you weren't getting a place to stay so why did you stay why did you (laughs) Stay and not, you know, no, not come back to Florida during those because <laughs> that's like near six months. <laughs> well, if we're going to count in that month when you actually came back and she gave you that month to leave. Mm-hmm. I think it, like I want to say that it wasn't a full month that time. I do. But. If my memory serving, I don't think it was a full 30 days. But why did you stay? Why did you not come back home? Or was it? I don't know. Um, Because that's where I was supposed to be mm-hmm. at the time. 
I knew it from the seeds that I had already sown in the first four months of being there. Like three months, you're just getting your feet into whatever you're doing. And when you're doing ministry, you have to form relationships with people. It don't just you can't just snap your finger and I know you can't snap your finger, but <laughs> and you everything were, be there. You were you were to a point where I'm like I answer the question. Okay. <laughs> let me let me explain it. I didn't talk. know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so yeah, you can't snap your finger to form those relationships. And I think at that time they were just starting to come to fruition. The fruit was starting to grow from the seeds that I planted. And I had prayed about it. <clears throat> and I knew that this was attack from the enemy. Like that, and I think, I think the enemy also wanted to use my grandmother's death, death as like a discouragement for me as well and to be like oh see you need to go home you need to you know do whatever at home and i think that happens a lot through with ministers of any kind is from the ones that i've talked to um and then this lady wants to come up as another distraction but that's not but i I had to keep my focus on what I was there to do. And no one was in favor of me leaving. Not the children, not their parents, not the pastor of the church. So, you know, yeah, it was all just a distraction. I was there for those kids. That's literally the the only reason I stayed what well what kept me what gave me heart to stay and endure through mm -hmm. all of that and you know of course trying to follow God's will for your life um a scripture that I always kept in my head especially when I was more actively doing ministry was um there were two uh, Galatians 1 verse 10 and Acts chapter 9 verse, verse 6 or it might be chapter 6 verse 9. Um, but let me find those real quick. So Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So I had to remember while I, while, why I was there. It wasn't to please anyone else. It wasn't because of any merits that I had. But I was there for the purpose that God sent me there for, which was to start up a youth program. And then in Acts, so in Acts chapter 9, it's 9 verse 6. You know, it's when Paul is on the way to Damascus and he gets struck down and made blind. And Jesus talks to him and he's like, 
I'm Jesus. And then after Jesus says that, Paul's immediate response is, Lord, what do you want me to do? So in that sense, I always try to live like Paul and asking that question, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's where he sent me. That's what he wanted me to do. And I wasn't going to not do it until it was the appointed, the appointed time to not do it. And less than halfway through was not the appointed time. And I just knew it felt like it would have been reckless to abandon that in the middle, what I had built, especially if I look at the fruit of it in the very end. So, yeah, that's why I stayed. I know you mentioned about um, you having like a great depression um, phase during um, transitioning to ministry school, doing ministry and all that. Well, that was at the end of ministry school. Oh, yeah. How did you navigate that? How did you, um, what I would say, get out of it or, you know, come back to feeling encouraged and or what were you experiencing during um, that depression Um, like I said, I think it was a combination of tiredness as well, because it was a pretty intense program, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, but like maybe the burden of everything that I had just learned Mm -hmm. and now what I had to do with the knowledge that I have. Sometimes it's almost scary or overwhelming to keep learning something because if you keep all the knowledge to yourself, what's the point of having it? And especially when it comes to, when it comes to scriptural things, I think that can be, that can be a, a big burden because it's like, I'm being irresponsible. I'm not doing what God asked me to do if I'm not sharing what I do have. And yeah, it was just that. And, you know, I was kind of by myself as well. While I was there, I was the only girl in the program. And Christian schools, they separate the guys and the girls for most of living. Mm-hmm. So. I was just there by myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was the bulk of it. Right. And then, you know, I didn't really have, I didn't really have the support of my parents going into it mm-hmm. either. So maybe that had kind of finally come to a head once I had time to breathe and think and process at the end of it. Um, those few weeks between the end and before I went home. So, yeah. And you said, what was your other question? How did I navigate it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> so the the assistant at the school, she knew that I was by myself and she was, you know, relatively young. She was a couple years older than me. But 
we would do stuff together. She would take me places and stuff. And that was also challenging too, like not having a car there. (laughs) (laughs) But she would take me places and do stuff. And she would just send me encouraging stuff. And she brought me some books to read and everything. And yeah, I guess having her presence there was helpful and just studying studying the word of god even though i didn't really feel like it at that time also kept me right and helped me navigate it and then you know finally going home and getting a little break but it's interesting because in general I would say through all these transitions of going back and forth, um, my spiritual life is is usually lessened at home. Like there's not as much room for it here as there are when I'm other places. So going back and forth, between that for several years and i mean even now sometimes it still doesn't feel like i fully came back from oregon like or like recovered from it because that was that was stress that was a stressful time and then coming back home and being burnt out and not really wanting to do anything in ministry or with the church so yeah it's been two years and i still kind of feel its effects so i don't know so you don't know if you're gonna like ever go back to ministry that's what you're saying no i probably won't you probably won't go back Mm-mm. Why not? <laughs> I think that part is over mm. now. Um, I got what I needed to get from it. And just my time was up, I think. I don't, I don't believe that that's the path that God has for me anymore. Anymore? At least not like full-time ministry right. working for the church. Yeah, I mean, Zin, whatever he does is never um like lost or like in vain. Um, so ministry just may look different for you yeah. than what it looked then. So yeah. I wouldn't. I don't well, know if you I would know what say. I mean. <laughs> we want to make it clear because well, when I you said say not full time ministry okay, for the church. <laughs> okay, so yeah, in that regard, yes. Um, but there was just something, um, you know, while while Destiny was talking that I, you know, wanted to highlight is the transition from college to ministry or from, you know, college or university doing a degree to not using that degree. Now, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I know um, many persons, um, it's graduation season. and. 
I know we know firsthand what is what it is like to um finish doing your degree and not being able to work in the field that you have studied. And one of the one of the things that I have learned is that um all is not all is not lost and two that um having a degree makes you teachable and trainable. So even though you may not be um studying or no working in the field that you have studied, mm-hmm. you can be trained for other areas that you may um flourish a whole lot more than if you were in that um field that you studied. And I wish I had um or maybe wish is not the word, but I wish I had allowed myself to bloom more where I was planted after um after I landed a, a good job. You know, I was doing administrative work um for a small physical therapy practice and um in a sense and sometimes that comes with your lack of confidence in, you know, in who you are and, you know, your strength and your capabilities. What's your degree in though? Oh, my degree is in athletic training. Um, no, not training the athletes, <laughs> not the coach, but it's more geared towards um, rehabilitation and um, rehabilitation, rehabilitation, managing and, you know, preventing injuries. So it's prevention, rehabilitation and managing um, injuries for the athletic um, population. And I know it's kind of a thin line between us and physical therapists, but um, physical therapists, they they do a lot of neuro um, cases, like neurological cases. We didn't, we, we don't specialize in that um, area. They specialize in other areas that we don't. We are mainly orthopedic um, cases. And so, yes, I did that degree and... I didn't I didn't get a job right right as I came out of university which is true for many of us like after we graduate we don't land that job that we were looking we for We don't land anything <laughs> in our field in our field and sometimes not for at some all. of us not not at all because there are some companies they won't hire um based on your degree. You and need five years of experience for exactly an like <laughs> certain things they need so many experiences or to like, you know, I think they have this pay grade skill that they have to pay you a certain amount. So if you have a degree and they're not able to pay you that amount or whatever you know they can they won't hire you yeah i don't know it's not like that here yeah i don't know how it is but um we're not able to you know get a job or even get a sustainable job there are so many of us who um come out with loans so many of us um we're, we're no longer living on on campus so we have to find um, apartments, you know. So there are so many things that come into play and we're not able to sustain ourselves like, you know, after university. And I just want to encourage you that it is okay if you um if you go into other jobs because having a degree makes you trainable, it makes you teachable. It shows that you you, you know, 
you you are able to learn and adapt because if you have gone through four years or how many years of university and you come out with your degree, you know, it shows that you can learn. You people you're able to um be trained. So try to see how much you can um you know bloom where you're planted. That's the word I'm hearing. Just bloom where you're planted. And I wish I had done more of that in maybe accepting where I was as an administrator. I didn't think that my role as an administrative assistant was so important. Is that I wanted more. I wanted to go higher. I wanted and is like I ended up slacking off on the job, you know? And I had a I had a wonderful boss. She's awesome sauce. And um so it's just that I'm what I'm basically trying to say is just really bloom where you're planted, see how much you can learn um in whatever capacity you're you're in. Not saying that you're being complacent or being comfortable. But still work with that spirit of excellency, even though you are wanting or desiring of um, other roles. Because sometimes, you know, during those experiences, there are things that are birthed in you. There are things that there are strengths that are highlighted that you yourself, you didn't know that, you know, you were capable of doing or, you know, this may be... um your purpose not your purpose in that season you know as destiny was saying like she going to ministry school she knew that's what um she needed to do at that time she knew she needed to go in and plant those seeds and see you know the harvest of those seeds so bloom where you're planted um stay encouraged in that because you're not gonna necessarily come out and land that job in the field that you have studied and that is that is a big transition that is something that you have to um get used to or to adapt to or be flexible and open-minded to and and in the same breath that is also your waiting period but still operating that spirit of um excellency so like to sum it up what would you say some of the things you have learned during your transition which transition no like the room oh you mean like like overall overall, yeah like generally what would what what are some of like your takeaways from you know the transitioning periods that you have gone through your life you know that you're even still going through like what are your takeaways um trust god follow god wherever he's leading you whatever he's whatever he's leading you to do no matter what, no matter who you do or don't have supporting you or behind you. Because at the end of the day, you have to give account for your own life and your own experiences have to shape. They shape your future. They shape who you ultimately become. And so if not to say that God can't work with anything that you do or don't do or or that you choose to do or not do, but if there's an experience that you were supposed to have to teach you this specific thing or multiple things, why not take it? You don't know. You don't know. Um, yeah, I just... 
that's the biggest thing that I've learned through it. Trust God and take him with you everywhere that you go. And don't doubt what you're supposed to be doing if it was clear to you that that's what you were supposed to be doing. However the path goes to the end of whatever journey you're in or period of life that you're in, don't doubt your initial surety because circumstances inside of the experience change. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One other thing that I wanted to highlight, because this was um, really through her story, is, you know, how she made reference to having that one friend at the time? Support. And Mm -hmm. I do believe God will always send you support, even if it's through one person. That's true. You know, and, and I, I had one one support really in Oregon too. <laughs> right. So um don't don't discount that. Um don't you know discredit that God will send you support through yeah. through through um your periods of transitioning. Like, you know, still be content. And there's and one more thing that I really liked about what Destiny said. Um, with the scripture in Galatians is like, I don't know if it's the same thing, but she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't seeking men's approval. She was seeking God's approval. And, mm-hmm. and this was one thing that came up to me during my, um during this week in my devotion, like Sam, remember you're seeking, you're, you're working. Who you're working for. Yeah, you're working as unto God, not not as unto men. And so when when you remember that, you will still operate in that spirit of excellency when you remember that you're working as unto God, not to seek men's approval because our, our opinions, they change a lot. Mm-hmm. Men's opinion. Your they purpose ch- is higher than what people right. say or their opinions on what they you're doing or because, not doing. Right. Because remember, some days you're going to be liked and some days you're not going to be liked by the same person. But, you know, I would <laughs> like to add that lady in Oregon, she did apologize to me at the end before before I left and told me that um, I did a good work while I was there. So the Lord will reveal his purpose and his goodness and his excellence through you to even your enemies right. that they can't even deny it. Right. And and through through your um, you know, spirit of excellence and how your spirit is you may win per- you may win persons over. So you don't have to cuss, <laughs> you don't have to quarrel or you know God will be your defender in 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 cases like um yeah. destiny's own like um a friend of ours that we have here uh, who we do bible studies with you know I was telling her at the time that every everything that was going on and she was like girl we got to pray because you know what the lord says about messing with his children and he said she was referencing that we got to pray for those people who are against me because in the bible and throughout history 
those who are against God's people don't turn out too well in the end. So keep your enemies in prayer as well for their safety and their realization, their revelation of God and his true spirit and the love of Jesus will be manifest in their hearts and in their lives. All right. And so, yeah, we really just wanted to encourage you, encourage you with that, because even during this time of year, the spirit we're in, we know many of us are going through um, transitions, transitions and big, small. Mm -hmm. There's so many things happening in our world. And, you know, we really just wanted to encourage you in this area that, yes, it's not always going to be easy, mm -hmm. but. Remember who God is. Remember that he's faithful. Remember mm -hmm. his words. You remember know? what you specifically were told to do. Right. Remember your why. Some persons have their why. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll always reference their why. For those who are doing businesses, I, I know I don't know much about business and all the processes that you go through, but I'm telling you, hats mm -hmm. off to all you entrepreneurs. <laughs> and surround yourself with people who support you right. as well, even if it's just one, one person. That one person is always good. So always have that support. Always, you know, have your vision too. You know, write it, record it, whatever you need to whatever um, you do. Gotta do. Um, still operate in that spirit of excellence. Still be content in whatever state you find yourself in. Not that I'm saying be complacent, not wanting to do anything yeah, or always sit in the dump. be looking to grow. Grow, right. Because you know? I think it was Lauren Hill said, anything that's not growing is dead. Is dead. So, so don't bloom be where dead. you're planted. Yeah. You know, bloom where you're planted and the last thing, still pray for others because praying for others to sometimes take your mind off your off situation. You, yeah. situation. I, I think that's really what kept me through this time too, not being focused on myself because I was still working at this right. time. Like I was a driving instructor and I was still working at the church with the kids. So I'm here praying for them and their problems and the ministry that we're doing as well. I think that kept me occupied from going crazy during that five-month period. <laughs> right. So, guys, just remember your why. Bloom where you're planted. And reach out to someone if you're feeling like, you know, like you're feeling so mm -hmm. low. Talk to somebody. Talk to God. And I'm, I promise you, he will send you somebody. Mm -hmm. he, will send it, he will send somebody through a phone call, a text message. I'm telling you, he will. And, you know, just remember, remember, we're not here to please people yeah. either. Yeah. And I'm, we're going to close out with this, my favorite scripture, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and to them who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8 verse 28. So even though it doesn't feel good, it doesn't seem good. And it didn't say that everything is going to be good. But all things do work together for good. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for your downloads and your streams. Please write us some reviews, though. We're kind of <laughs> lacking in those. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, give us a review, especially you Apple users. Give us a review. Yeah. It, it only takes like 30 seconds, really. 
we'd very much appreciate it but thank you so much for all the listening that you've done please share and comment send us any questions maybe one day we'll do like a Q&A podcast too so we got big things planned for you and some good guests coming out yes which I'm excited about <laughs> so thank you so much guys thank you for all the support we'll we talk love to you it next time. and we appreciate it and yeah she said we'll talk to you next time ta-ta <laughs> <laughs>